0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Week Zero. It's college football here on Lean Toss-Up. I, we would be playing the uh, CBS College Football uh, song right now, but I am definitely afraid of copyright law, so we're not going to do that. But it's pretty exciting. I'm pretty excited that we're here. Uh, we are here, of course, as always, with my co-host, Buck Metrics. Are you excited for, for college football to finally be back?
1: My excitement is above level zero.
0: That is fair. I mean, yes, it's exciting <laughs> that it's back, but the first game is Nebraska Northwestern. Like what? Like I mean, and they send them to Dublin too randomly, like whatever. It, it's college football. There's probably going to be one or two good games. The good games come next week and mid next like starting on Thursday night, we get a couple of really good games next week, but at least it's something, at least football is back. Real football, that actually matters, not NFL preseason. All right, so. Before we get into the to the like six watchable Week One games, let's talk a bit about our futures bets. So we've obviously, if you've been following along, which shout out to our viewers for, for following along and watching all of our podcasts, we previewed all the conferences. We put a lot of futures bets. We talked about a lot of futures bets that we liked, ones that we didn't like. Now we're going to talk a bit about a lot of those bets and. And and which ones we're making, which ones, we talked a lot about a lot of bets. We're going to talk about which ones we're making, which books to make them on, because there's a lot of difference in a lot of these books. Um, sometimes different books have completely different prices. So let's talk a lot about about some of the bets we're going to make. So first of all, the, the most simple ones you make are obviously season win total bets. Um, so uh, what are the teams that you've bet on and and which books have you bet them on, on them on?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I went to Las Vegas last week, um, got my, got these bets down. And one thing that was really interesting, um, to me was the two biggest books out there are, um, Circus Sports, who I mention a lot because I consider them to be the line of record and the super book, which is at the Westgate. And, um, when they had that, uh, they had the HBO documentary a few years ago. Um, On People been on football, I think it was like the 2019 season. Um, It was based at at, that book. It was really interesting. Um, And the thing that really stood out to me is they have two very different models. Um, Circa is very much seeking the market price. They have very high limits. They're a very fair book. They don't pull the shenanigans that that other books do. They're the first. Um, they're the first line each week. They come out every Sunday at 11 a.m. Pacific time with a line on every college football game for that following week. So I consider them to be the line of record. They're the best arbiter of what the fair line is because they get the most um, money from the most knowledgeable betters. And on the other hand, you've got Superbook, um, which is interesting in that I didn't know if it was kind of a sucker book or whatever, but I actually heard the manager, John Murray, on a pod recently, and he actually made an interesting um, case that he actually sets his lines not to balance his books, but actually to take stands. Uh, He made a point that he set a line on uh, Michigan State that he knows is low. Um, just to get action on the over, because, um, not unlike me, if you remember the big 10 pod where I said, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually finished five and seven, just kind of go down the elevator shaft. Um, he's expecting the down year from, from Sparty, so two very different models. And I bring this up because we'll get into specifics later in just a moment. But one thing is interesting is some of my bets I put into three groups. Um, the ones that are on the smaller group of five teams, um, Circa didn't make a market for them, which is interesting. I think that's probably because Circa thinks there's not enough activity to get a real market price and to to really protect themselves and their model. So, you know, your South Alabama's UTEPs, and we'll get into more specifics later, that's one group. And what's interesting is I think that's also, you know, clearly referring to or representing a, a more liquid market. And I think there's more value probably to be had in that. And when I did this analysis, those bets, I actually bet an average of 2.67 units per bet. And I compare that to the next group, which is very different in that if we consider Circa to be market value and Superbook to be somebody taking a stand, my next group of bets are the ones where... I'm getting, if I compare what's available to market, assuming that Circa is market, I'm getting better than market. And for those, I I basically had an average size of 2.33 units. So a little bit less because there's some liquidity there, but not as much. And the third group is the other one where basically I'm getting the Circa number. So I'm getting market, I'm not getting a bad number, but I'm kind of taking a stand against John Murray at the Superbook because he does this for a living. And what's interesting is my average size of those bets is 1.75 units. And it's not like I size these knowing this. It's just interesting that it's kind of encouraging that I've kind of sniffed out where there's intuitively a little more value based on the, the market and the activity and, and how much imperfection is in each line. Um, just an interesting little side note. And just one other thing, you know, when we talk about the super book and him taking a stand, you know, it really occurred to me what he's doing, John, um, the manager there you've referred this to a couple of times and I've kind of thought of a, a really silly name for it. He's really looking to actively capitalize on brand brand-based market inertia and brand-based market hyperactivity. And we just talked about USC and there are a lot of instances where you see the market line being above what I think is a fair line. And I think that's an example of the brand-based market hyperactivity. So, interesting that somebody actually plays into that. And, you know, clearly as we go through the early part of the season too, you know, until we get our, our, you know, fully mature or mature and sufficiently mature in season data, a lot of these BBMI and BBMH um, candidates are kind of just, you know, I think these future bets are, are, are a good list to start to say, Hey, who's, who's, who's going to get overbet and underbet in weeks two, three, and four, your typical overreactions, um, to the blank slates or just, you know, a false confirmation of, hey, this team is actually just going to be just as good as last year. So, little, you know, interesting little little nuggets gained from comparing the two books. Um, as to the actual bets that I made. Um, let me pull this up real quick. So my season totals, just to remind everybody, South Alabama, and these are basically in order of preference. South Alabama over six wins. Clemson, under seven ACC wins. Clemson, under 10 total wins. UTEP, over 5.5 total wins. Oh, I love that. Just saying that out loud sounds good. UNLV, over four season total wins. San Diego State, I actually got under eight. When we had talked about it, it was seven and a half. Um, It actually got to eight, which delighted me. Um, Liberty, under 7.5. Northern Illinois, under seven where you and I disagree, Oregon under eight and a um, going to actually make some money off my buddy Clay Helton as he ruins Georgia Southern. I go under four for their season total. Old Dominion Monarchs over four and a half. Kansas State over four and a half wins in the Big 12. Purdue over seven. That was one where I got a real benefit from a, a, line, as, a line move as well. Uh, Tennessee over eight. That's one where I feel like a little bit of a sucker, but hey, whatever. Um, Wisconsin under nine. I made a strong case for them on the Big Ten or against them on the Big Ten pod. And Texas under 8.5. Just another USC coach that's former USC coach is going to do me a solid in going under.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of those I, I really like. Um, Texas, obviously I like Purdue a lot. San Diego State is, is is another one we've talked about. There's a lot of ones I, I actually really, really like um, in, in that set there. Um, yeah, just
1: update real quick on Texas, too. Two things. Um, you know, they they named Quinn Ewers the starting quarterback.
0: Yes. I want to talk about this, actually. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure when we were going to talk Please. about this. Yeah. Maybe next week. I, but yeah, we can talk about it now. So, oh. yeah, so, yeah, uh, so they named, apparently the rumor was they were going to name Hudson Card the starter, mm-hmm. but then apparently he came out and said, he said, no, no, no it's Quinn Ewers, which is very concerning because that's one very reminiscent of last year. And we saw how well that went. And <laughs> also, apparently they had a bunch of injuries in a practice, too. So that's also really bad. So uh, the the wheels are start already starting to come off here at Texas. Uh the thing of it is, the fact is, this kid was supposed to be, I believe he was he was a five-star quarterback in last year's class coming out of high school. Ohio State snagged him. Basically, he was favored to sign with Texas, I believe, because he was, he's from the state of Texas. Ohio State snapped him up. Didn't play a snap at Ohio State because obviously C.J. Stroud won out and almost won a Heisman, is the favorite for the Heisman this year, so he transferred out. But again, though, at a certain point, like, if you're sitting there and you're Quinn Ewers, and if you're good, Ryan Dave's going to come up to you, put his hands on your shoulder pads and be like, hey, kid, like, look, we got like a Heisman winner right here. Just study under him for two years and then he's going yeah. to get drafted like first overall in the NFL. Just like stick yeah. around here for a couple of years. Then this is yours. But either he didn't or that conversation never happened. And now he's in Texas, and apparently not doing too well in Texas, which is very concerning, because then that suggests the fact that he, it was a debate versus starting him versus Card. And we saw Card last year was not particularly good. He was the original starter. The reason they didn't start Casey Thompson was because they they, they want Casey Thompson more time to develop. So that's why they put Card in, and then they put in Thompson, and they end up going back to Card because Thompson was bad. So this guy was never thought of as the starter. The fact that he was almost named the starter suggests that Queen Ewers is not as good as advertised, and that all. Also then suggests that Ohio state wasn't like, they didn't want to keep him around. So that's my take on it. And I mean, like, I don't know. It's probably insane to bet against Texas week one. That's probably insane because they're playing. What is it? It's like, I don't even know what it, who are they playing week one? It's some insane. It's like some really lowly team. I think it's like, careful
1: when you say lowly team around me, don't,
0: no big, it's like I'm a, went, I'm a group
1: of five guy i know what is um, it is it's all right louisiana monroe yeah, yeah. truly a, a horrible g5 team yeah.
0: yeah so okay that's fine but <laughs> then next week though they're playing bama and yeah. like what's the spread against bama it's like something massive is,
1: 17 i think that's, is what that I might be
0: that might be too low
1: it is yeah like
0: i'm i'm now i'm really at yeah, 17 and a half if i if i'm getting i'm gonna. Again, I'm gonna get on a Fanduel very soon. I'm gonna start betting some of these look ahead lines. Like that's a that's a look ahead line. I'm really oh they have the they have Washington State Wisconsin thirteen and a half. Okay, I really like that line too. Wow. But yeah, I'm getting okay. okay I, we gotta settle I, down. I, I still need to get this <laughs> Fanduel account, but no, yeah. So yeah, so I'm I'm really eyeing that Bama line right there. So yeah, so yeah. we're yeah. I'm is it, are you thinking the same thing too?
1: Yeah. Um. The the other thing, I guess I'll be a little nicer about it, which is unusual. Um. I think you can characterize this kindly as maybe just looking more towards the future than this season. Um, You know, great point about how bad did Ohio state want him to stay? Um, Maybe he just got homesick. I don't know. Um, I kind of think that Ohio state might've been a little upset when he reclassified and and came out a year early and just kind of screwed up the entire quarterback room um because i think actually when he came in somebody left so it kind of just really disturbed the whole continuity plan that they had there not that they're going to be hurting at quarterback but it just you went from super smooth to all right a little bit of transition turbulence to maybe navigate um so i think i think i don't know does it cost him a win maybe not maybe it costs them too as he gets up to speed you know it's it's interesting when you're looking at the early season, I think is where you're going to say, what's the gotcha. There's no gotcha so far. Um, but, you know, I talked before about, let's put it this way. When we did the big 12, I saw the Texas tech game at Texas tech as maybe a soft target uh, susceptible to a strike from the right team and kind of like Tim DeRuiter against uh, you know, a quarterback on the road in that spot, that's their first road game too. And, you know, Lubbock is not like the most normal place in the world to travel to. So that could be a really, really interesting game. Um, You know, the other thing too is, I heard somebody make a really impassioned um, case that Gary Patterson is really going to improve the defense. And I kind of buy that from afar until you look at just how bad TCU's defense was last season. God bless him for staying in football. I hope he's happy. Um, It's just hard for me to think that I'm trying to get a narrative where, you know, you you really get to anything other than the games really passed him by a little on defense since he was so good at defense forever. And I just think that there might be adjustments. Now, maybe if he's getting to, like, you know, very specific things, they might be a little help in the margins, but – I've heard people, you know, I've heard cases made about, yeah, he's going to take their defense to the next level. Ah, can't see it.
0: That's an interesting point about Gary Patterson and and when we talked about Texas, we never actually did talk about Gary Patterson yeah we talked about other other, like there's so many important things when you talk about Texas we talked more about their transition to the SEC and and where they are as a program but the Gary Patterson thing is so interesting because yeah I've seen a lot of that like you see a lot of these writers and people on Twitter be like oh man he's gonna he's gonna go in there he's gonna clean them up on defense it's gonna be really good but this is a guy who got fired from TCU (laughs) like this isn't like oh man this is like this amazing defense he got fired from TCU and he basically brought them back into the Power 5. Like, TCU was in the wilderness. He brought them out of the wilderness. They got to... Was it a Rose Bowl somehow? It was... They they won... They
1: won the Rose Bowl. Yeah,
0: they won the... It was a Rose Bowl they won, yeah. I was like, how could they get to a Rose Bowl? But with the playoff, it, it works. Yeah. You get... The the bowls get rotated around. But, no, like... They run a Rose Bowl, and yet somehow we're like, and they got he got fired from that job without like. Usually, you just retire, and then they find something new. They're like, no, 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 we want you gone. And then people are like Texas, are like, oh man, this is such a great hire. I'm like, what? Like, I don't like. On some hand, people are like this is gonna be really good, and you're like, oh, I guess it is. But then you're like, but wait a minute, this guy got fired. How is he really that good? So, yeah, this could go far sideways. And yeah, no, I'm actually I'm eyeing in my an under on Texas as well. Texas Tech is again one we talked about. Texas Tech liking Texas Tech. Uh, I think this will kind of be a great transition into some other to some other bets we have here. Kansas State is another team that they'll be playing Texas again. Texas will probably be favorites over most of these teams if I had to hazard a guess. So, what are some of the other futures bets, kind of conference ones that you have that did you like?
1: You know, this is interesting. I when you talk about that Kansas Kansas State game, it's at Kansas State. Um. I'm thinking that if you know that look ahead, I don't know if we have a look, a look ahead on that. Um, it, Texas probably is favored. I think by the time we get there, I bet Kansas state is favored. I think Kansas state's going to shock people or maybe not shock, be much better than people expect. And I think Texas is kind of still headed the wrong way. Not nearly as good. Um, so just kind of a feedback on that. Um, my favorite conference win total though is, is Clemson under seven. Um, That leaves them just only one game to, you know, one game of margin. And, you know, I'll put it this way. Is it more likely to win than not win? No. Is it more likely to win than lose? Absolutely. You know, I think there's a pretty big margin for push. But, you know, the distributions I have have it a lot more frequently below seven than above seven
0: yeah Clemson is an interesting one. We're both kinda out on them. We think it's possible that the the magic's gone a little bit from this from this Clemson team from this Clemson side um, I just like. For me personally, Clemson is like, I mean, they play Georgia Tech. and They play a lot of kind of bad teams, but they have Notre Dame on their schedule. They have Miami. They have North Carolina State. They have Wake Forest. So that's four possible losses. Plus, they also have Louisville And They've almost lost you before. They do have Florida State. Florida State usually does play them close. So you're looking at four possible games. I think you're talking about the conference win total under the they're 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 basically their season win total under is under 10 as well. So that's yeah. definitely um that's definitely a plausible path there for them as well. And uh, let me
1: just kind of just make one other point just to kind of push my concept back in your face even though it's really your idea. I think you're kind of starting from the whole paradigm of yeah, Clemson the last 5 years and I want to look at more like what the hell happened last year and then what's happened since they were horrible on offense. Their, their quarterback is a stiff. Um, their offensive line is average at best. They've lost their offensive coordinator, their other offensive coordinator, their defensive coordinator, their defensive line coach. If you look at their coaching staff, there's a lot of guys that haven't really worked in in the same position anywhere else at a big-time program. They could – I wouldn't just nibble at the margin, start – use 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 historical Clemson in the last 10 years and, and nibble at those margins – I kind of want to just take a whole step back and reset the paradigm on them and say, if this is a blind resume, what is it? And I have a really, really hard time getting to 10 season wins and seven conference wins.
0: Yeah. Honestly, like, <laughs> could this be his last season at Clemson?
1: Yeah, no, no. Are Unless, you sh- yeah, I mean, no, here's Alabama, the- we- well.
0: If we said the same thing last year about Lincoln Riley. We said the same thing last year about if, if you would have said that, but last year we would have said the same thing about Lincoln Riley. We would have said the same thing about Brian Kelly at Notre Dame, right? Like Auburn is looking for someone. If they give him a boatload of money,
1: <laughs> yeah, I forgot. We have to yeah have the Auburn discussion at some point too. But um, I mean, like
0: it's crazy. Like here is the like, obviously it's crazy. This is not he like we're in
1: not Alabama. He's going to leave Clemson for Auburn. Isn't this, like, kind of one of the... I'm not a Star Wars guy, but isn't this one of those storylines of Star Wars? where?
0: I guess. I mean, it's crazy, but, like, the thing of it is, like, if you're in Clemson, things aren't going well for you. You're in a league that's functionally dying. Yeah. I Maybe you jump ship, and if you're going to be looking at teams that would try to get him, Auburn would be on that list. There's a couple other teams I could think of, too, but Auburn would be number one. Texas would possibly... like. If this goes badly for Texas, I don't know if you want to have, um, I don't know if you want to have Sarkeesian stick around for Archie Manning season one. So I don't, maybe you bring Dabble and you say, just fix this. I don't know. I don't know. This is, that could get really interesting. All right. So conference championship bets. So what are some other ones you have here? So we, we talked about Louisville. We actually do kind of like Louisville, um, we can get some insane price on that. Kansas State as well. Uh, what are what about UTEP or South Alabama? Are you are betting on those or not?
1: I, I bet them. I bet North Carolina, UTEP, or South Alabama. But the thing that really stood out to me was um, on those three, um, there was no action. They were at the same odds as they the opener. They're actually up uh, by the time I made my bets. You know, Louisville kind of going the other way had gone down from forty to the thirty of the superbook and from twenty-two fifty to seventeen fifty at circa, which I take I take as a double good sign, you know. Money likes them enough, especially to move them at at um superbook, which is more of a take a stand book. And then if I'm actually getting better than market, if circa has them at seventeen fifty, if I'm getting that almost double that, I think that's a really solid bet. Um you know similarly for Kansas state you know down from 1340 uh what they opened to 940 and um what's interesting here too is speaking of Kansas state and opening at 1340 guess who opened them a little higher than that um my friends at DraftKings opened them at 5000 plus 5000 and you know what you know why their stock price is down like 70% this year it's because Their CFO is arguing with short sellers on Twitter instead of figuring out and making sure that he has people that are setting lines that actually understand football. What an embarrassment. I mean, how far off are you and how can that go through a review process and you're off by that much? This isn't, you know, some crazy Cinderella out of nowhere, like Baylor where, where nobody expected them to do anything. I mean, if you actually have your, your ear to the ground, I, I mentioned this before, Smart guy Twitter loved Kansas State. And the fact that they were so far off, just this is why their stock price is down. This is why they have to do stupid things like limit people to $7 per game because their risk management people don't know what the heck. And they rely on people like us and use our intellectual property to really set their lines. End of sermon, end of rant, DraftKings burn in hell
0: yeah and and that is the interesting thing, right because and I've seen a couple of podcasts with with some of these guys uh some of these guys who set the lines, and they don't view like i think people who are like recreational betters and stuff I think they view sharp betters and big money betters. It's like oh man, the books must hate those guys, and actually they don't. They actually love Sharp Guys. They love it when someone comes in on, like, a Tuesday and says, I'm going to put $120,000 on uh, Detroit plus three and a half. They're like, that's great. Thank you. And they're like, we'll gladly take that money and then move a line down to three. Like, that that's the thing, right? They actually yep. love that. They just – they, they, they'll take that because it's – whatever the return on that is. Fine, let's say 110000 They'll they'll give you the hundred ten thousand the hundred thousand and they'll be like cool that's your consulting fee thank you for that you told me this line is bad I'll move this line and this this happens a lot in spread in spread totals in in spreads in totals in player props they view it as a consulting fee they're like and and I saw one of the guys who was on a PFF po- podcast they were interviewing him he's like I view it as a consulting fee he's like I've moved lines for a hundred thousand dollars I've moved lines for ten dollars because if it, if it's if it's a certain guy and he bets ten dollars on a line we move that line right like that's the thing. And I aspire to be that one day for Call of Duty. <laughs> I want to, Like when I bet a Call of Duty spread, I want that life to move. <laughs> We're getting there. But no, this is the thing, right? So no, like it, they view it as as a consulting service for sure. Like they, they view it as a consulting service. So that's, it's actually a really cool, um, it, it, it's a really, like, don't think of it, like when, when you think you're taking advantage of a book, you're actually not, you're helping them set the lines. Because the thing of it is, while well, we're sitting here and we're talking about these lines, and, and obviously we're putting this out publicly, and people are listening to it and betting off of that, you are not. If you're listening to this, you are not the average bettor. Now, obviously, specifically this podcast, relatively small, but even if you're listening to just generic betting podcasts, you're still not the average bettor. The average mm-hmm. bettor is walking in, waking up Sunday morning, flipping on their phone, being like, "Ah, oh, I like the Cowboys. I'm gonna bet the minus three and a half." Right? Like this yeah. is that's what the average bettor is doing. They're well, not they're
1: living, breathing brand based market. Yeah. Inertia.
0: Exactly. They, they don't, they're not like we set the lines that they bet. We, we take all the the things we leave them with the scraps is, is how this goes. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, you see a lot of like the lines for, for the NFL have moved substantially since earlier on in the, even since August. Uh, I mean, um, the Baltimore, uh, New York jets line, it's open Baltimore minus four and a half. It's up to seven. Now, Now, to be fair, that's with Zach Wilson injury news but even before then he was it was up to even just after his injury it's only down to it's only moved from six to seven it was already up to six before he even got injured, so it just goes to show you how much these lines move because there's been a ton of money in in a lot of these markets so yeah the sharp betters actually help books more than people think we don't just take money from them they actually they actually love the the money that they they love the money and the action we give them all right so oh, so
1: just a couple more futures sorry uh the season. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. the the conference champs. Yeah. So you know, I'm very high in Miami of Ohio. Um, they actually have dropped from plus five fifty to plus four seventy at circa. I still like them just because we've got the easy path um on their side of the MAC and they have the best conference in the entire or the best QB in the entire conference. But it's encouraging to see that I'm I'm not the only one that's thinking that way. Um, then there's some that really really interesting that happened in the Mountain West Conference. So. Circa opened up five teams: Boise, San Diego State, Fresno, Air Force, and Utah State, all in a tight little band of plus 345 to plus 460. Um, And then since then, Air Force dropped from plus 410 to 385. I bet them. I wanted to bet Air Force and Fresno both because I saw that as being the two teams that were pretty clearly going to be in the MAC title game, the Mountain West title game. And Fresno got hammered all the way from 370 to 270, even with it was just surprising in that tight little um, band that somebody got hammered that, that much, that quickly. Um, so I didn't bet Fresno State, but, you know, with so many contenders, I think that's a pretty significant move on Fresno State. Um, I couldn't back them at that price and play them and Air Force, and I really like Air Force. Um, I think who came out on the wrong end of that is Utah State. Utah State's actually odds went went up to like plus 650, I think. So they're kind of the odd men there, uh, odd men out there. You know, I still think somebody put it really well on, on Twitter, and it's kind of common sense, but it's good to verbalize that if you're looking at a futures bet and you can't find the bad, you know, the bad bet, then don't make a bet. And in this one, you know, Boise was actually favored. So I think that, you know, I'm really – bullish or bearish on Boise. I think that their presence and their money still makes it bettable if you like Fresno or any of the other teams. Um, but just kind of a, an interesting little, you know, interesting big move within that, that small group.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. So now I think the, the, probably the market, I think most people care about, or one of the markets people most care about the most in college football is the Heisman, obviously. So this... It gets a ton of attention every year. Um, Obviously, right now, I'll just read off kind of the top favorites here for the Heisman. Um, First up is, uh, well, depending on which book you look at, I'll look at, let's do Bet365, my main one. Uh, CJ Stroud uh, at Ohio State for, is plus two hundred. Their quarterback Bryce Young, uh, the former the Heisman winner from last year, he's plus three fifty. Caleb Williams at USC plus seven hundred. B.J. Robinson, running back for Texas, is twenty to one. Will Anderson, Alabama, that's their wide receiver. He's twenty to one. Uh, DJ Ulagalai. Uh, to plus 250 excuse me what was that dj <laughs> you... is there a
1: question mark at the end of his name or is that you
0: <laughs> you, you got a high i don't i do yeah. you Yungle, yeah wow
1: he's on there yeah 25 even...
0: to one that's horrible i wow that's just horrific jameer gibbs alabama 25 to one that's their new running back uh quinn ewers texas 28 to one that's also horrible dylan gabriel 30 to one he's Oklahoma's quarterback. That's less horrible. Jackson Smith and Najigba. That's Ohio State's wide receiver. Thirty-three to one. That's not horrible. Tyler Van Dyke, Miami, Florida. That forty to one. That's not bad. And then it keeps Mm. going down. Trayvon Henderson. I think that's Ohio State's running back. I think. Yeah. That's forty to one. Anthony Richardson, Florida. That's actually. So okay, I'll I'll stop it there. That's actually one I don't hate. Actually, fifty to one. That's not bad. He he had moments of brilliance last year. If they're able to beat like here's the thing, if they are able to beat Georgia and basically win if they're able to win the SEC East and then lose to Bama in like so this is the thing, right? For when you're betting the Heisman, you have to think what gives them the the, the award, right? Like, what are the barriers for them winning the award? Like, what do they have? How many games do they have to win? Which teams do they have to beat? Like, for example, last year, I think if if CJ Stroud had beaten Michigan and then obviously won the Big Ten, I think he probably would have won the Heisman. I think.
1: It's a lot closer. It's, it's, It's a very tight race, I think, yeah.
0: Well, see, my thing last year was I always was worried about I was always worried about Bryce Young because I felt like they didn't give it to Mac Jones, and I feel like because Mac Jones was doing so well in the NFL, they're like, "Oh shoot, ah, you know, we should have given it to Mac Jones. We should have given it to the quarterback." So they're like, "Finally, let's just give it to the, the, the current quarterback from Alabama," even though he was like, "Like, I don't know." People love Bryce Young. I'm not the biggest like he's good, but he's not like amazing. He's not my favorite quarterback. Like he he's not amazing. Like I don't know. I'm still a little iffy on him. He's good, but like he's not. I'm not. I'm not completely taken with him, but. Uh, CJ Stroud, I love CJ Stroud a lot better than, than Bryce Young though, but this is the thing. I don't think they're going to give it to Bryce Young twice in a row. I, I mean, am I crazy to think that the only reason they gave the the Heisman to Bryce Young is because they regretted not giving it to Mac Jones? Is that, is that crazy? Or is that like maybe a legitimate thing?
1: I, I would actually not even try to ascribe logic or reason to Heisman voters. Some of the arguments I hear are just the dumbest things in the world. So that's a
0: good point, actually. That's a good. I mean, we should never, <laughs> we should never assign anything to Heisman voters and or the College Football Playoff Committee. they 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 just randomly decide things. They're like this matters this week and next week it's not going to matter. So that's a good that's a that's a good building block. But all right, what are some of your favorite Heisman bets? So I I don't hate Anthony Richardson at fifty to one. I feel like it's kind of a bet on Florida. The thing of it is, like if you're looking at it, if they were to beat Georgia and win the SEC East. Do they have to beat Alabama for for Anthony Richardson to win the Heisman, or if they lose to Bama, can he still win the Heisman?
1: Uh, he can. I think you're betting on some improbable wins.
0: Fair, that's fair. And
1: then, and to be really mean, I think you're also betting on voters not watching him try to throw the ball. Um, <laughs> wow, <okay>. so, <laughs> <sorry>. that's hard.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I don't know. I don't hate that though. It's not a He's not a bad. We'll have to see. I don't know. I I I'm a little higher on Florida than I think other people are, but I I could see him having a half decent year. What about uh, Malik Cunningham uh, from Louisville? This is kind of a new. He's he. You have to give him comparisons to Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson did win the Heisman twice at Louisville. Do you like that better, or not, or do you just think like? At, at what what do they need to do? Like, is it like if you bet Louisville to win the like to win the, the division and win the conference, is that not functionally just a bet on the same? Like, if they do that, then obviously he won the Heisman. But then you're just like, there's no point in betting a four thousand, like a plus four thousand and a plus six thousand. Like, okay, one will hit, and then the other, like, right? If that that if that makes sense, right? Like, just bet one instead of betting both, right?
1: Yeah, that's 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 a really good point, and um. You know, as he's been kind of my north north star, that's guided pretty much my whole ACC outlook. Um, I'm kind of feeling kind of silly. I didn't grab it at plus six thousand. <laughs> um, maybe I already have enough tied up in Louisville to win the ACC. Um, I don't know. Maybe that difference is that Delta is just insurance, and in, you know, in terms of their non conference games, don't know. They can still win the ACC with two losses, but I think if Louisville loses two games then it comes down to okay who did they win who did who did they beat who did they lose to and do they have a real kind of signature whatever now i'm super high on him and i think that he could definitely have one of those crazy 500 yard seven touchdown games just out of nowhere in a big spot and just you know maybe in an otherwise dead week just completely get into the Heisman conversation literally out of nowhere so i think there's um yeah, the more I'm talking about, it, the more I'm feeling stupid not not grabbing some of him when I was there. What is what does that book have him at? Uh,
0: bet 365, 66 to 1. Okay. Uh the um FanDuel eighty to one. So uh yeah. def- circa has 6,
1: at six thousand at sixty.
0: Huh. So
1: there's value on both of those.
0: Yeah, I I might look at the eighty to one on, on FanDuel, but uh so the other one is uh what we're, so other one i think you were mentioning before is uh Jameer Gibbs he's actually got a lot of steam here uh he opened up really high and he's down to like 12 to 1 now i'm seeing him 12 to 1 depending on the book uh yeah he's 12 to 1 on uh or, sorry yeah. or tw- tw- sorry 25 to 1 on bet three, six, five, and he is 50 to one on, on FanDuel. So still, still kind of low there on FanDuel. What's the case for him as, as Heisman?
1: Um, He was by far the best player on Georgia tech, which is, you know, not saying a lot, but he was very, very good, very talented had to do basically everything by himself on offense. Um, they've raved about him in Alabama. They're talking about throwing to him as well. Um, I think from what I've heard, um, Stephen Godfrey report, the way he puts it is Alabama is going to be a lot more smashy this year, probably throw a little less and be a little more conservative and run a lot more. And I think that he fits into that perfectly. He's got, he's got a very good combination of. Quickness, breakaway speed, and strength. Um, not super strong, but for one of those guys that's very strong for his size. Um, I'm thinking also probably Bill O'Brien wants to just run the hell out of him just to get uh, out of Alabama and get his own head coaching job. Um, I got him 60, 60 to 1 at the Superbook. Um, and actually, Circa has him at, let me see here, at 30 to 1. They actually have him as like the eighth or ninth choice overall. So I, there's, there's really good value there. My my guy actually has him at 12. I think my guy, sometimes I just think he's trying to balance out somebody else's books by posting these weird numbers. Um, 12 is ridiculous, but 60 is, I think, great value. Um, I'd be a little surprised if he's not actually in the conversation um, by the end of October.
0: Well, from what you just said, if Alabama is going to throw the ball less, then that eliminates Bryce Young. Right, right mm-hmm. off the bat, which it was, is like Bryce Young opened as the co-favorite on for for the national for for the Heisman, and like that's just really, really bullish. Yeah. But he's faded now; he's down to four hundred plus four hundred compared to Stroud plus two hundred. But in this is the thing, so if, if Bryce Young is out because they're going to run the ball, yes, it to be more smashy, which again, Bill O'Brien is also a, another Nick Saban rehabilitation project because he was also Houston's head coach. So uh, the head coach for Houston, he got fired. And then Houston's been in the coaching wilderness, but that's mostly self-imposed because they keep firing whoever their head coach is. So... Also, that's by the way. We'll just throw out an amazing prop bet here. If you have the if you have the bet in your book, first head coach to leave their – or because they had to phrase it differently because it used to be first head coach to be fired, but then because of what happened with uh, John Gruden, they're like first head coach to leave their permanent position, like leave, leave leave their position permanently. You had to work. They had to weird it differently because technically no one was fired first. He just left or whatever. But uh, uh, Lovey Smith for Houston, forty to one. That number, like, the the next closest was, like, Matt Rule, which Baker Mayfield might save his job. That's a very strong definition. That's a very stretch of the word save, but it doesn't really say keep them long-term successfully, but at least it keeps them alive. Love, Like, they fired their head coach last time. There was rumors that the Texans wanted to hire – I can't remember who it was. It was someone from – there was someone they wanted to hire. I can't remember who it was, but it was someone like insane. And then they, like, they couldn't do it. So then like, okay, let's hire Levy Smith. And they, I think people, a lot of people think Levy Smith's a one and done. They're, he's going to be be another one year coach. And then they, they'll fire him again, 40 to one for him just being fired at the end of the year. seems like a really good value. Cause like, I can't re- outside of like, like if Matt rule saves his job, Pete Carroll saves his job. or Pete Car- Like, I don't think they'd fire. They'd actually fire Pete Carroll. They're too deep into a rebuild to fire Pete Carroll at this point. So or Pete Carroll could just retire, but like, I don't think they'd actually fire Pete Carroll But outside. There's no real obvious candidates. Like half the NFL has had a new coach in the last like two years. So you can't, a lot of these guys aren't going to be fired. So he's, he's one I could see, but anyway, that's beside the point. But, Back to your point, if you're saying that they're going to throw the ball, yes, and that eliminates Will Anderson, who's their wide receiver, who's the next, who's another favorite up there on the board for Heisman, right? So, yeah, if they're going to do Smash mouth football, Jameer Gibbs at 50 to 1 on FanDuel, that seems like pretty good value, especially when he's half that price on, on other books. Um, I think that's about it for Heisman. Again, the way to do it, and this is kind of the way. I bet politics a lot is you bet on kind of outer outcomes and then as they come in, it then gives you freedom. Cause you have, if you have longer shot bets, then if you have them and then they close, then it allows you to start, it allows you to start uh, basically hedging out those bets. So if you, if you're going to win a lot of money, if this outer one wins, but then it's possible that the favorite will win, then you can just unload on the favorite and you can, you can still make money that way. All right. Winning outright. So, what do you have for this? Um, obviously, national championship game. So national champion. I'll just do FanDuel Alabama plus one eighty. That's way too high. That is that's too high in my my opinion. Plus one eighty is too high. Sorry, sorry, too low. Sorry.
1: Okay. Yeah, sorry. sorry. Yeah, yeah, that okay.
0: number is way too low. Yeah, plus one eighty. Like, what? That's a function. Like what? Plus two hundred is what? Plus two hundred. Yeah, no, what's the mathematical number behind it of a plus 200? Plus 200
1: is what? It'd be 67%.
0: No, the flip of it. It'd be... Um, oh, it'd be 33 No, 33%. plus 200
1: would be... 33%.
0: Yeah. So that's, like... That's just way... That's insanely high. So, like, I, yeah. I can't get behind that. Like, you're telling me that, like, one out of every three national championships, Alabama wins it? Like, it's just... Like... There's so many question marks. Like, there's a bunch of question marks on this team. They lost a lot. This team did lose a lot. Like, so you can't just tell me that. Like, they lost two of their best wide receivers, and they lost the national championship last year. Like, why not have Georgia? Georgia lost substantially less. But Ohio State plus three hundred, Georgia plus three fifty, Clemson plus eight hundred. That's insanely high, uh, or insanely low. USC twenty to one. Yeah, It's better. A and M twenty-five to one. I don't think this is their year. No, no, no. They're getting there, but it's not. This is not their year. Maybe if they get a good quarterback. Michigan fifty to one. Oklahoma fifty to one. Definitely not. Definitely not either. of Those two. Notre Dame sixty to one. Ah, they're just gonna get blown out again in the first round of a playoff. Texas eighty to one. That's insane. Utah eighty to one. Maybe.
1: Yeah, that you could make They're there, but that's a case that problem? could be made. We have that heading. Yes.
0: LSU one hundred to one. Wow, that's nuts. Uh, there's just no one they have. They don't have the talent this year. If that was the price for next year, maybe, but not this year. Miami, Florida, one hundred to one. That's debatable. Oklahoma State, one hundred to one. That's laughable. Penn State, hundred to one. That's also laughable. Tennessee, one hundred to one. That's not horrific. Wisconsin, yeah, no, I could
1: see a path. There. Wisconsin,
0: one hundred to one. That's laughable. Florida, one hundred twenty to one. That's not bad. Well, I I view that as not bad. Oregon hundred twenty one again, not not horrible. Arkansas one hundred fifty, Baylor one hundred fifty, and then you start getting like Kentucky, Mississippi, Mississippi one hundred fifty one is insane. Iowa, Auburn two hundred to one. Mich- Auburn and Michigan State have the same price. What does that tell you about Michigan State's future this year? <laughs> that's that's insanely like that. Those should not be priced equally. But to be fair, when you're getting to that percentage tier, it's like it doesn't matter, right? Yeah. All right, what what are your thoughts on this one? Do you see where do you see the value? I like I kind of like Ohio State. Maybe a Utah eighty to one. That's kind of not bad. Because again, the thing of it is, like the the decision I I tried to do last year, I was I was unsuccessful in it. But if you can bet long shots as to who's going to make the playoffs, then you can instantly hedge out your bets. Right. Like if you're like, if you're like, if you put on something on Utah at 80 to one and yeah. then they go there, they make it the playoff, right? Because all they have to do is just win the Pac 12. Then all of a sudden they're in the playoff. They're not going to be 80 to one to beat Ohio State. Sure. Maybe they're like plus 300, but like that's still better. You could hedge it out or you could bet on spreads or whatever. So you, you definitely would not be as screwed.
1: What's, what's, tr- what's, what's tricky about that is, and I, I've, I've I'll give you a great example. When Hawaii actually made the Mountain West title game, um, I actually, before that season, bet them to win the Mountain West. And um, it, was a, it was a very good bet. I also had the over that season. They covered that, I think, before even we got to November. And so they get to the Mountain West Conference game, and they're, they're facing Boise State. And they were such a crazy underdog that I couldn't even hedge it. Literally, my book didn't even give me a money line that I could, I could hedge. Um, so that's the one thing to be a little careful about when you're taking these, these long shots and thinking you can hedge it. Number one, you might not be able to, number two, it might take a, a brick of cash <laughs> to kind of fully hedge yourself. Um, but you bring up a good point. I think that, you know, it's, it's just really just saying, who can you see getting to that fourth spot? And then maybe hopefully, you know, thinking that it's hedgeable. That's interesting. I haven't really thought of it that way. Um,
0: well, for me specifically, because one of the, bet, one of the books that I have, um, and I'll, I'll mention this. I don't know for our, our listeners. I'm not sure exactly which books you do use. But one of the ones is uh, it's a UK book called Betway. And what happens is they have – it's called The Parlay Club. So if you bet $25 on a parlay – or th- through parlays, you could bet, like, 10 on one, 25 on another, or some combination of that. But as long as they're a three-teamer, and again, this is on any sport, like, physical sport. They also have an eSports version of this, too. But if you bet $25 on a three-team parlay that pays plus 200 or more, which is very easy, you can even do, like, and you could do more, right? You could do, like, four-teamer that pay- pays over plus 200. If you bet that, even if it loses, you still get a free $10 bet. So at that point, what you can do is you can then... Um, You could bet that, and it's a free $10 bet. So what happens is that's an amazing thing to have to be like, cool, that's going on Utah, right? And that's perfect, right, Mm because it's great. If Utah goes there, if Utah wins a national championship, that's $800, Right. Like that's insane off of a free bet off of 20. And you could have won the parlay, too. Right. So you could have won the parlay, which a twenty-five if you bet 25 on the parlay itself, you're winning about 100, which, again, you could stack a parlay, especially for college football. You can get a couple of money lines getting up there or a couple of good spreads or so you could very easily cash that. So at that point, then you're now sitting at a Utah to win $800. And then at that point, then you have a lot more flexibility in terms of that. So you could bet a couple of, of longer shot ones in that. Also what you can do is another thing I've thought, found to do with that is that in the off season for the NFL, what you could do is you could once they, once they have the lines for the next Super Bowl, you could bet on teams that before they make a massive off season move. So what I did was I, when, when Brady announced his retirement, I was, I put one on the Tampa Buccaneers at 25 to one and then Brady resigned and then they went down to like 10 to one. So it just insane closing line value on that. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately I kind of got screwed because what happened was the, Ontario legalized gambling. So then when they came to Ontario, they had to avoid every bet made before they came. So I lost it, oh but sad, but at the same time though, amazing strategy. And that's not going away anytime soon, right? Yeah. Quarterbacks are always going to be on the move, right? So that's an amazing strategy to keep for future years. All right. So that is probably it for our futures bets. Let's talk about it. We're finally here week zero. This is, these are games that are going to happen on Saturday. So, Nebraska at Northwestern, the game we've probably talked the most about for just lack of having to talk, talk about any other game to talk about. Nebraska is uh well they're minus thirteen. Depends on the books. Some I think there's some twelve and a half kicking around. They're mostly thirteens. Um out of the thirteen and a half on uh on FanDuel, God, I just what a I mean, it's football. It's nice to start the game season off again, but just not a not the greatest game to start off the season with. Where are you? Like, is this this isn't this is just not bettable, right? There's better games later on that night, right? This is just you watch this because it's it's cool to have a game being played in Dublin. Maybe the game will look cool, but I don't think you could bet this spread.
1: I I don't think you can bet on Nebraska until there's like proof that they can actually match the metrics with what happens in the field. I mean, it just. And honestly it just seems like if you're betting Nebraska it's because you're just you don't like yourself. It's just it just it's it's too much. I can't do it. Um I definitely cannot bet Northwestern, though. That's what's tricky. Um Northwestern was so bad last season. I mean, they were worse than Rutgers. And they're in the easier division of the of the Big Ten. Um, you know part of me wants to say nebraska should handle this easily and then the other half of my brain is like hey dummy did you you forget the entire scott frost experience here um this makes it a fascinating watch um it's just it's so hard to bet on this game you know i'm definitely gonna watch it at least just to see casey thompson and how he's doing in nebraska um you know does that make a difference does you know I don't know, you can't, the, the thing about Nebraska is you can't even just look at it and say, have they fixed their problems? Because it's not like their problems are evident on every play. It's, it's, it's just like the least, when you least expect it kind of thing. It's not like, okay, did they fix left guard? And there's a hundred snaps every game where you see, yes, he's up to it, no, he's not. It's like, when is the snake going to come out of the toilet and bite you?
0: Yeah, it's going to be like, there will be a bad pick or like a r- ridiculous fumble or some someone will bust a tackle and run for eighty yards, or it's it's just gonna be hilarious. Like, how will they lose this? And it, this game is randomly being played in Dublin somehow. Um, I mean, like, how do you know how you organize that? How are you like, yes, we're gonna play like Nebraska and Northwestern in in Dublin? You would say you would think it'd be Notre Dame or something, but no, it's not. Somehow, it's. Northwestern, yeah. If you if you're rushing to the window to bet on Nebraska here, get help, just get help. <laughs> just get help. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know. Like the thing of it is, it's interesting in the markets though, because like if you look at a couple of Nebraska lines later in the season, it feels like because we talk a lot about like regression to the mean, and Nebraska had a lot of bad luck last season, and this is a good example of it. The late season lines seem to just basically be like, okay, we know all these bad things happened in Nebraska, but we're just gonna snap that back, and then they're gonna like. If the bad things didn't happen, what would be the fair line? And I think that's a very interesting take for the books to have. And there could be some value in that, right? Like, if Nebraska had performed to what we expected them to do and they had won, I don't know, half the games they lost in bizarre fashions, they should be 14-point favorites. They'd probably be 21-point favorites in this game, right? And... I think that's about right. So the question is like can they act now they actually surprisingly enough they actually covered this number against a couple of teams last year, like Buffalo, but again it's not particularly impressive. Like they covered this spread against a couple teams, but I just I can't I can't really I, I don't have a ton of faith in them being able to do that, uh, against North against this northwestern team. Alright. Other games. Uh this is a fascinating one. Connecticut versus Utah State. Uh the Yukon Huskies Um, so this is fascinating. We saw on Twitter here, Connecticut's defensive coordinator has apparently just vanished. Um, he was, he basically said he had to leave for, uh, family leave or personal leave or something. He's just gone. We have no idea where he is and they have no idea when he'll return. So on FanDuel, it is, you can get this at, um, the line is Utah State minus 26 and a half. In other books, it's minus 27 weirdly enough I want that half point because like 27 is a feasible way this game ends so um, yeah I, th- like Connecticut is not good and Utah State is actually kind of good and like even if even if you pencil in regression for Utah State this year that's probably not going to come against UConn so give me the I don't know what the Utah State is give me the Utah State the Aggies. Aggies okay there's so many Aggies I don't even know what an Aggie is what is it
1: it's uh it's it's a play on agricultural. I think they used to be oh, Utah, okay. a A and M.
0: Oh, okay. Wait, A and M is athletic and marine, right? No,
1: it's it's agriculture and military.
0: Oh, okay. Wow, okay. There's so much I need to learn about US stuff. Okay. I thought it was like athletic and marine, but it's apparently agriculture and military. Wow. Okay.
1: That that would be a tough school then when it comes to sports <laughs> programs.
0: That's why I thought that was why they were good. It's like, oh, yeah, that's the Athletic and Marine Academy. But no, it's agricultural and <laughs> military. All right. Another one that's kind of fascinating to me Wyoming, Illinois. So it's Illinois at Wyoming. Why is Wyoming, like, Wyoming is at home, right? Um, I think so, right? Yeah. No.
1: No, this, this is at Illinois. This has
0: Illinois. Okay. That yeah. makes a bit more sense. But still, though, why Illinois minus 11? Like I'm looking at this, that the money line is plus three fifty for Wyoming. I mean, I know it's a trap, but like, really? Like that's. I mean, here's the thing. It's just that's just a really alluring piece of cheese there, right? Like (laughs) plus eleven and plus three fifty against Illinois. Like, yeah, Illinois is not good, and Wyoming's probably also not good, but that bad, really? Like come on i'm I'm not crazy here that like that that hat like it's probably a trap, but like that's a really good looking trap though, right
1: yeah, you know, I actually had Wyoming rated a little higher last season, um, but they lose a ton on defense um I'm just looking at I look at their defense, I've got four metrics for returning talent and different ways you slice and dice it, and they are among the least fortunate in all four metrics. So they might be in a bit of a, I hate to say this out loud. What I wanted to say is there might be a tough spot on defense. And then we look at Illinois and their their quarterback is Tommy DeVito. So I kind of just want to hit, you know, just backspace and delete the sentence I just said. Um, Cause how tough can it be on defense? If you're going to Tommy DeVito, um, it, this might just be kind of like one of those those who's the better coach about getting something out of little. I like Craig Bowl. I think I think, you know, like I said before when we did the Big Ten. I wasn't surprised by that Bielma did pretty good last year. Um, but Bowl's a lot more experienced. Um as we talk about it, I might be inclined just to kind of grab that is it eleven, you said?
0: 10, eleven, ten and a half in on FanDuel, I just that, that's just I can't like it's just against my religion. Laying eleven points with Illinois, like it just seems wrong. I, I don't know. That could be it's it's probably a trap, and I'm gonna be like that was dumb. <laughs> but like, man,
1: you know, I guess when was the last time that Tommy DeVito was in a game that wasn't a rock fight? It, it's if he was getting blown out, right? Yeah. Um. I just I, I can he can he easily get to 2 score margin of victory now it's at home. Um,
0: Wyoming's not that far from Illinois. It's just an entire Dakota. Huh.
1: <laughs> when you're, you're you're Newport Beach, everything's kind of far, I guess. Um, That's true.
0: You're only like a, <laughs> yeah, Wyoming's Wyoming's only a Dakota away from Illinois. Actually, no, I, no, it's a Dakota and then a Minnesota. But it's not that bad though. It's like maybe a two-hour plane ride. It's not that hor- it's not horrible. You're probably closer to that than Ohio State. No, 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 not that close. Closer to that than Penn State, maybe. But not, not that, yeah.
1: Yeah, I might make just a small bet on Wyoming. Is this one on TV?
0: Maybe. If you have enough ESPN channels, everything's on TV, I think. That's my understanding of, of American, of ESPN.
1: Because yeah, I'm thinking maybe if it's not on TV, I'll bet. Because I don't want to be have to have to watch that game.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's if it's not on tv i'll bet it i, yes. I don't want to see this game i it's just want to know if I'm yeah no
1: know. i don't want to be tempted it's on the big 10 network um at, at one pacific yeah i i might just do that just as a small just week zero fun whatever
0: that's just, it's too many points that's too many
1: points yeah. it's more playable than the yukon utah state game
0: probably that yeah that's I mean, it's it's peak degeneracy being like, oh, come on, Utah State, just grind out an extra touchdown. <laughs> um, yes. Charlotte versus Florida Atlantic. Um, seven. The Florida Atlantic minus seven. This is kind of whatever. I think there's, there's, some, there's some play on Charlotte. Charlotte's come down a little bit. Charlotte was seven and a half. Now they're down to seven. I don't know. This seems about right. I don't particularly love any side here, but I. Florida Charlotte could win this I I guess. I don't know. What do you what do you think on this? I think you're not particularly high on Charlotte.
1: No, I actually had them as the worst team in Conference USA, which actually probably puts them in the running for like a bottom bottom 10 team last year. It's interesting though because they actually their quarterback's pretty good. I think his name is Chris Reynolds. Um their problem is on defense. They were a negative 16.6 last year um i see here in my notes that they have a new defensive coordinator and i doubt it was because the old one was hired away um i kind of see a this is an i'll just run this concept by you and you could just poo poo it away i see a little bit of a smart guy insider um of the 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 BBMI, the brand-based market integrity. Will Healy is like considered to be some kind of like football genius because he did a good job. I forget where he was before Charlotte, and everybody fell in love with him. And I think they're expecting the same thing here, and he hasn't had the results yet. They're really not a particularly fun team to watch except for their quarterback. And their defense was so bad that um, I kind of like Florida Atlantic. The other thing about Florida Atlantic was Their defense or their offense isn't that bad. Um, They have Nkosi Littleton, I think is his last name. I get him confused with the old guy from UCLA that played like 30 years ago. Nkosi Littleton, I think, is his name. And he actually was very good when he dropped down from from Miami to FAU. And I like what he's going to do in another year in the same system. Um, I kind of am a Willie Taggart truther. I think that. He did a great job at South Florida. He did a great job at Western Kentucky. I think he did a good job at Oregon. He had a so-so record, but he lost every game where Justin Herbert was hurt. He absolutely walked into a hornet's nest at Florida state. And I think he can coach. So he's got a lot less to work with now, but I think he's a better coach than Will Healy. And seven points seems a little short to me. Um, Mm. If I'm gonna play, I'd play FAU. I'd probably want it to be under that seven though. Seven's a lot better than seven and a half.
0: Yeah, that's that's a fair point. Um Alright. This is this is one I know you care about. North Texas at UTEP. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> all right. I think I think we're both on, on UTEP here. We'll go with our miners. Um yeah, it's about even, minus 110 on the money, on money lines both ways. This was, I think, this was shaded. I think UTEP was plus 100. It was basically even. Moved slightly, again, not a huge difference between even, minus 110. But it is still a difference, though. That is a difference. Uh, do you... Are, now? There's a question here, though. UTEP minus 110, plus, plus 1 point, minus 115. Money line or bust here?
1: Um... Yeah, I think if it's when you're within a field goal, I'll just usually go money line if I'm on the uh, if I'm on the dog. Um, I yeah, I think didn't it open at like four? I'm trying to just check that, and my computer's kind of just not cooperating here. But I think it opened at like four. So did it not way back when?
0: I think something yeah, it was higher before. It's definitely come down.
1: Yeah, and I think that's probably due to, you know, not that there's copious headlines coming out of um this kind of program like UTEP um it opened it too um but i think you know when people first look at UTEP they think oh they lost Jake, you know, jacob cowing to arizona that was their whole reason for success so i think cuz north, north texas wasn't that good so i'm thinking they're probably thinking of some regression there which there might be at UTEP but you know you got you a guy throwing in the ball is good and like i said their second leading receiver actually had a pretty explosive yards per catch, so there's pieces there. Um, I I'm probably going to bet UTEP. The only reason I wouldn't is that I'm kind of tied to them already on my season win total, and this is kind of a fulcrum game, especially you know with with the spread so close. But yeah, I might I, I'll probably make a small play on UTEP just just for more fun.
0: That's fair. All right, Nevada and New Mexico State. Uh, Nevada minus 9, New Mexico State plus 9, and Nevada minus three minus 340 on the money line, New Mexico State plus 270 on the money line. This is one—if I had to pick a game in week one that is a trap, this is the game that is the 1,000% trap. Everybody is going to be betting on Nevada, and this line has come down. This line I've seen this line come from, I believe it was 10.5, down to 10, down to 9.5, now it's a nine. Nevada has lost a lot. This team, in, in watching them at the end of the season versus watching them in the bowl, was like night and day. They got crushed by a MAC team. This is a trap, Nevada. Like, I think Nevada could lose this game outright, straight up. I, like, if you're on Nevada in here, God help you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm New Mexico State here. What about what about you? I mean, yeah. New Mexico State is just. I, 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 this game is going to be crazy. Something weird is going to happen in this game, but like, I, I just, I can't see people betting on New Mexico and people are going to be like, Oh, Nevada's a good team. And then they're just going to get obliterated. What do you think here?
1: So for for some context, cause I'm going to get carried away here in a moment. Um, I did not bet New Mexico state to win the national championship. So <laughs> when I was in Las Vegas, having said that, so there are limits on where my excitement is here and they were among the worst five in the nation all over uh, overall last season. But they are one of the few teams, I think I said there's six or seven teams like this that have above-average improvement metrics on both the offensive line and the defense. Um, that's a, a very good reason to hope for some improvement. The bigger reason to hope for improvement is they have a new coach by the name of Jerry Kill, and Jerry Kill if you think back to was it like about 10 or 12 years ago when Northern Illinois went to went to the I believe it was the Orange Bowl with the group of 5s at Large Bid that was Jerry Kill Jerry Kill completely built the Northern Illinois program then he went to to Minnesota who had basically just kind of spun their wheels forever and he brought them up a significant level he in his very first game as Minnesota head coach played at USC against Lane Kiffin and his first game as head coach of USC and almost won. I think that was like a one touchdown game, which is nuts. This is just one, one game removed from Pete Carroll at USC. Jerry kill is an excellent, excellent, excellent head coach. Nevada is coached by Ken Wilson, which sounds like um, the name of a car dealer. He might turn out to be a great coach. He was a cheap hire. He was a position coach that has been in Nevada before. This just reeks of insider, stupid, do it on the cheap, and not really care. Uh, I remember that I was not impressed by his assistant coach hires. Um, Kill is an absolute proven quantity. I think that this is going to come to, and like you said, Nevada loses a lot. I think that this is a matter of Jerry Kill can just get like, you know, 15 guys together and get a football team together within an hour. And he's going against a first time head coach who probably has better pieces, but does not have experience in getting those pieces together. This is the one game as soon as I saw the slate and some numbers that I said, I'm definitely betting the game and it's on New Mexico state might grab some money line too, but I really, really like grabbing those points.
0: Yeah, this is, this is such a trap like i just like looking at this line like new mexico state was a was was not a great team last year um weirdly enough new mexico state somehow played hawaii twice i still have no idea how that happened but in the regular season they played hawaii twice but yeah not a good team and this just this screams to me just trap this is just this is a trap game and if you're if you're betting on nevada it's just a classic week 1 trap line
1: yeah, one other thing on that, too. I actually think I saw on Twitter that there's only like 3,000 tickets left for this game, and Nevada doesn't care about football. Um, that could be sneaky like um, snake pit time, <laughs> where Maybe. it could be, you know, uh, unforeseenably hostile.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, this, this game is. Although, so here's the thing. Although it isn't, I think we're gonna dub this the unofficial Pac-12 After Dark game of the week because yeah. it's oh, it's yeah. not actually Pac-12. It's not officially Pac-12 After Dark, but it is at the ten o'clock ten o'clock Eastern time slot, which is ten o'clock West. So, yeah, it's the unofficial Pac-12 After Dark game of the week. um The next other game, which is the, also the other unofficial Pac-12 After Dark game, is Vanderbilt at Hawaii. Um Vanderbilt the worst team in the SEC playing against Hawaii the best team in Hawaii. Um <laughs> <laughs> probably the best team in Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, Vanderbilt minus 8 which is offensive uh to Hawaii. I mean you're going to Hawaii and like Vanderbilt's where? It's in, it's in what? Tennessee, I think.
1: It's in Nashville, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's in Tennessee. You're traveling from Tennessee to Hawaii and you're like, yeah, they're going to win by 8? Like come on. It's like no. This is You're an
1: SEC team though.
0: The thing of it is and, and this is this is how you could tell like I love thinking of, like, what happens if certain teams lose games on Twitter. And then sometimes I'll actually, like, sometimes what the most funny thing is that usually happens. How funny is it when when, when Hawaii wins this game and people on on Twitter are going to be like, SEC, it just means more. Like, it's going to be so Mm. funny. Like, we're going to get so many great memes of this. So, yeah, I'm on Hawaii here. For some reason, it was seven, and it, it went down to, like, six and a half. Now it's up to eight. No idea why. But yeah, give me the the Rainbow Warriors here on their own home turf, which is they're playing in a in the not condemned stadium. There is a different it's a different stadium. Um, but yeah, I mean, OK, that's not great. is not a great sign of the program, but I still think they could beat the Vanderbilt, the worst team in the SEC, um, the Commodores. Yeah. Are you, are you, like, are you just betting? Because, like, see that, I feel like that's the problem, right? People are be like, oh, they're the worst team in the – the SEC is the best team in the league. Like, the SEC doesn't travel particularly well. Like, a lot of the times, like, the top teams in the SEC beat the best teams in other leagues. But when you get, like, a mid-tier SEC team or even a low-tier SEC team, they don't travel well. Like, they'll go get destroyed by other teams, like other, like other conferences.
1: Well, keep so, going. You said mid-tier – and then lower tier. And and then we get to Vanderbilt, right? Then you get to Vanderbilt. They're a, yeah. they're
0: a tier of their own. It's like the lower tier, and then there's like another tier, and then there's Vanderbilt. It's it's really bad. Like I don't even like this is like again when we talk about future relegation, we're like, okay, we know Rutgers is gonna get relegated. Like Vanderbilt's like they're not even like they know relegation's coming. Like that's it. We're done, guys. We're gone. Peace, guys. See ya. Like that's that's the Vanderbilt level. Um yeah, that that's another future relegation target is Vanderbilt. I'm on I'm on the Rainbow Warriors here. Where are you on this game?
1: I you know there's no way that I could really back either side with any kind of any degree of confidence. To me, just taking either side is like just throwing darts. But I mean, just because that's like what was that? You know, I think they used that one Temple Duke. This is just like Temple Duke, where I just have no idea how how we get to a number at all with any confidence. But the one thing that I know is Clark Lee is actually a good defensive coordinator. I think Vanderbilt's defense is horrible by SEC standards. And let me just see what they were last year. Um, Yeah, nationally, they're not great. But I think in year two, and the other thing, too, is as as I look here, clearly they were not a team that we covered in depth when we did the SEC. They have a a well above average um, improvement metric for defense, so they should be better just on that. And then you have year two under Clark Lee, who is a a very good defensive mind. Um, I kind of like that aspect against a first-time head coach who used to be a wide receiver coach. He brought in, I like the hire, he brought in the offensive coordinator from Montana State. I think longer term, that's a clever move. I think in the near term when you're overhauling everything, it's going to make things even worse. So I cannot trust anything that Vanderbilt does when they're touching the football, but I can trust them to some degree when they're defending the football. So I might go under the 53 and a half that I'm seeing under the total here because there's actually few things that are better in life than betting on the under and watching that game until, until you're done. It's just a great, a great watch
0: what a sick thing to say. You're <laughs> we like, I want no points scored. I actually did one time, I did bet a Hawaii, it was actually one of the Hawaii-New Mexico State games, I bet the under in that game, and then it just, it it was like, they kept scoring, and it was like, insanely high over, I think it was like 65, and they just kept scoring and scoring, and just like, they're not, like they had so many points, they're not going to get there, and they got there, they had clear about like, 14 points or something, but no, it's, that's the last time I'll bet an under in a whole a game in Hawaii, um, but to be fair, it's probably, it's probably a decent bet there. My model's still not completely set up yet, but when my model is set up, I'll, I'll have a mo- lot more comf- confident of leans in these games. Like, I'm just kind of picking by, like, gut in some of these ones right now, but longer term, I should be able to, I should do better on, the model will have a better sense on these. So, all right. So, quick thing before we go. So, this is what I, I love talking about this in terms, when we do Call of Duty. So, um, for those unaware for the Call of Duty um, slate, what happens is, for every week, there's three game, there's uh, three days of games there's three games on friday four on saturday and three on sunday and because it's an esport um you play s multi- most teams play two games like eight teams play two games a week and four teams only play one game a week so what happens is if you're sitting here betting earlier in the week and you think a team what like team a will beat team b on friday and then they're a bigger underdog on say sunday then if they win on Friday, then the line will move before Sunday, and then you lose the opportunity. So you you want to place bets on games that you think the line will move on. So bet make bets you think are going to get a closing line value. So just pointing that out for next week. So obviously there's a couple of games that would apply to that, right? Obviously we're not seeing a ton of games this week. We only have about six or so, um, but some can, someone that would be a candidate for that. Um, on saturday, saturday next week we have texas state at nevada texas state plus five getting five and a half um on the road at nevada that's tempting because if nevada like, here's the thing right if nevada loses to new mexico state does this line flip right like or what is like maybe this is a one point game like nevada minus one right that's a potential that's a potential one to target um Wyoming, if you really—if Wyoming were to beat Illinois, they're three-point underdogs at home against Tulsa next week. Uh, UTEP is plus thirty-one and a half against Oklahoma. That's probably not going to (laughs) happen. New Mexico State, thirty-seven-point underdogs against Minnesota. There's there's even a money line in that game. So, ah, you, I
1: didn't think about that. That's Jerry kill going against his old school.
0: Well, okay. If, if New Mexico state was able to beat Nevada, like, okay, maybe that line's not 37, but what is it? Like 27. It's not going it to move. No, 10 it points? won't go
1: that much. What? Like 32. I'm just thinking, making a note. Like I like little angles like that. Like he might get a better performance, um, against like his old school. It oh, kind of stuck to me because he actually, yeah, he actually had to retire. He, I don't know how he's coaching now. He had to retire because he had a problem with seizures. And yeah. it was really sad because he's a great coach. Um, and he had a, you know, he was crying at his press conference that I, I ain't never done nothing else and I don't know what I'm going to do. He was just like a totally broken man. So it'd be an interesting angle going against his old employer.
0: That's, yeah, that's sad. But at least he's back and he's he's doing okay now. So, yeah, that's good. Yeah. So, any any lines that you like to see? Just quickly before they move any any lines, there's that line. We'll talk about some other next week. Um, I'm what I'm seeing: Central Michigan plus twenty one against Oklahoma State, eleven twenty five is the money line. That's tempting. <laughs> That's a tempting one because that could potentially move. Some short money could come in on Central Michigan. Um, any other lines you see quickly? Not a huge breakout of them. We'll talk more about them next week. But any lines right now that you think could move by the time we we talk again next week?
1: No, nah, and this wasn't to just tweak you, but I, I grabbed some Utah um, at the swamp um, just in case, just, just before it went up to three, in case it goes to three.
0: That's completely fair. I'm kind of waiting for it to go to three. So I, I, cause like, this was one, it's up to two and a half now. I'm waiting. Once it gets to three, I'll bet some at three. Um, that's deliberate. Notre Dame's up to 15 and a half against Ohio State. That's, that's changed. Oregon State minus three against Boise. That's not bad. Lots of good lines next week. Hawaii against Western Kentucky. Twelve and a half point dogs against Western Kentucky at home again. I think. Yeah, they're at home. Yeah,
1: Western Kentucky plays thirteen games. Yeah, so.
0: What? <laughs> How is it? <But> even... <laughs> if you if
1: you have a if you have a, a road game at Hawaii, you you have the opportunity to play a thirteenth game.
0: Is that a law somewhere? Or... <laughs>
1: it's an NCAA thing, just to to encourage teams to go to Hawaii seriously
0: that's no that's cra- that's crazy but all right that's i mean i guess you yeah. get to fold like a trip into hawaii in the in the in the game itself so that's not that's not bad so all yeah. right so so you yeah, know no other lines for me yeah we'll we'll see you next week we'll talk about all these games and and obviously we'll recap what happened in northwestern nebraska and uh we'll talk about next week's games next week and uh yeah so other than that Football is back. If you're listening to this, you're probably only days or hours away from, from football. And yeah, in, enjoy it. Football season is back. See you, everybody.